You are listening to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast with host Kevin Jefferson. This is the number one podcast for African-American real estate professionals who are doing extraordinary things. It's time to tune in. And now, your host, the people's lender, Kevin Jefferson. Yes, this is part two of our episode with Sarah Ware. And in this second and final part of the series, we're going to be talking about real estate networking. So let's get into the show. And it kind of goes back to just think about it. You, I would have not found out about what you did or your industry in terms of what you do in your industry mm-hmm. if it wasn't for me networking. Right. Or going through my network on trying to get people to be on my show that are diverse, have different backgrounds, and I highlight different aspects of real estate. And you wouldn't be as well-versed in your industry if you didn't network. Right, right. So it's kind of like having um, to be in the room. You go, now I, can, I can turn to the interviewee. I can be the interviewer. All right. So you said something twice that I hear, and I said it, like network. I think there should be some, I don't even want to say training, but net, you and I can talk about it because I think we are at the age, I don't know what your age is, but I think we're at the age where we have learned how to network and networking is, you know, like going out, introducing yourself, having that pitch. And, and I still, you know, there's parts of it. I still struggle with because some days you go to someplace, you don't feel like networking, but you, you know, I just don't feel like it. I don't want to talk to anybody, but those are usually the nights that I feel like, Oh, well, this is a come up night. Like I've gotten some good information, some good contacts, but what is networking to you? Cause I think that's the missing piece that people don't really want to do or know how to do, because I think grabbing a bunch of cards, that's not networking. I think walking up to everybody, that is not networking. So, you know, I think people have different views of that. And I think that could be a conversation for your, for one of your shows or a panel discussion, because I think that is a lost art. You're right. And I'll tell you a story since you interviewed me. Yes. I moved, I moved from Delaware to Georgia. Uh, 2015, October 2015. As soon as I got here, I knew I was going to be in real estate in some fashion, whether it was as an agent as I was or potentially as a lender. Not knowing many people in my area, what I did was I started networking. What I thought was networking, because back home I was from a small area, so I pretty much knew everybody. You know, it was a little easier, but coming to an area where I was the new kid on the block. So I would go to networking events and meet realtors, meet lenders, insurance agents, different industry things. And I never forget, I was laying in the bed and I had networked five days out of seven. I was sitting in the bed. That's called that's lightweight hustling. (laughs) And no lie. I had a stack of business cards this long. And didn't and probably didn't know anybody in that. And I sat in the bed and I told my wife, I was like, I felt like I wasted my time. I remember people because I'm good with names and faces. But but is that a a contact for you? 
Right. right. Is that somebody that you want to do? I mean, and I'm not saying that everybody you need to, that you take a car from is a business person, but I'm intentional. Like I'm going to places, I research who's on the panel. Oh, they did this. I want to talk. Like, how are they going to affect my business? Because I don't even ask for a car and people can ask for my car and I'm OK with that. But me, I am going to if I'm intentional, I am looking Oh, I want to know this person because this, this, this. And like I said, this is, comes over time. I've been at this since what, 07. So I still like I still have my struggles. But, yeah, I have boxes of cards that you just like what and then you want to put them in a database and you just blast them to unsubscribe like that is not it like you can have a good one to two hundred people in your contacts and that could be a robust database or a good 20 if you have 20 of the right people but yeah you probably have so many cards you probably don't even know one person in there or even want to look through them right that it was a daunting task so i came up with a system well i would speak to people and I either had on a, a blazer or a jacket or I always wear a shirt with a pocket. And if the card go, if I want to speak to some, if I met you in an event and I want to follow up with you right away, your card goes in my top pocket. Oh. If you're somebody I want to speak to, but you're not saying you're not top pocket, but you're somebody that I need to get back to or want to get back to, you go in my side pocket. If you give me your business card and it's somebody I'm like, I'll take it, but I'm not sure how we can connect or it wasn't a good vibe. You go in my back pocket. So when I get home, I know top, sad top pocket back. is who I'm going to get first next to side. And then there may be something that I can get from, you know, the cards in the back pocket. And that's that made it a lot easier. And then all of a sudden the millennials, you know, taught me we don't need cards. No, yeah. even though I still have them, I don't get their card. They're great at sending you their e-card and they text. You. So yes, that helped. And just even more so, I started to learn. I really I don't care if it's 400 people in the room. I really only need one or two good conversations. Right. That's it. And you can leave. Yep. You can leave after that. Like You don't have to be the first or the last one there. You can just like, wow, this is great. OK, I'm going to leave. Yep. So but I want, yeah, I I'm still with the with a CRM. So with the e-card, I have a question because I struggle with that. If somebody texts you their card and it's in there, there's no way to flag what event it was at. So it's somebody in my phone. I don't even like if I forget their name, then what? That's a good question. So, so I'm looking for a, a service that I can go out and it's like last night I went to it was a spring fling. I can put the date of the event and then everybody I meet that night, if they go into some sort of thing, then I can say, okay, let me put these in my LinkedIn. I'm real heavy on LinkedIn. But what what separates them? If they're just in my phone, I don't know what to do with that. Because say for instance, that, that worked and you had all those e-cards from that one night. That's just a <laughs> bunch of people you don't know on your phone. Right, right. So, so that's where another podcast it is it's it's different no, but I, I have a i have a call with the crm company that i'm looking to to talk to, uh, to change over to um because i had i have found um from a minority perspective a crm that services all of my needs is rarely out there and when i say that i'm looking for some very specific things when i get an rfp i want to be able to catalog that with somebody like if if i'm working with a team i want them all under that if i meet somebody for an rfp potential i want them under some sort of database where i'm following up with them for the newsletter or hey and talking about certification type stuff so i actually talked to some coders about doing that myself and i've gotten real 
down the line with some conversations. So I'll see if that's something I need to make. But I think it's very, it's a very um, open market. And I'm looking at maybe doing some sort of um, uh, um, journal um, because I log things differently when I'm at an RFP. Like I, they're, they're all have numbers on them and scope. And there's like certain things that you just need to know on your front page. So I'm thinking of like a, some sort of um, journal to kind of market. I'm, I want to make a prototype for me to see if it worked for me. Gotcha. You know what that sounds like? Another business. <laughs> and what else? Another Government contract. <laughs> oh yes oh and I, no that's that's really what because i can sell to the government because they can give this out at their conferences so it's going to be like a little thing so i'm like well, let me create something now. but you know gotcha. so this has been <laughs> all over the board um yes. however i still think it's insightful information um in terms of again you know i'm, I'm a beat a dead horse is we've got to be, we've got to set our businesses up as business. And I, and I'll, you know, I'll share my story. I got into real estate. I, I, I read my senior year of college, 2000, summer, it was fall of 2001. Um, I stayed home from homecoming uh, to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. I think we all kind of, yeah, we came up in that era. Yes. I, I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I never forget him going through, you know, S corps and C corps and all that. So when I got into real estate, I got in 2004, 2005, I got an S corporation for my real estate business. So the real estate company that I worked for paid my S corp and I took a draw on it. So so you were one of the rare realtors. Yep. The rare realtor that did that. However, I still didn't have the knowledge of how to properly set aside money for taxes, retirement and different things and such, because I never made that amount of money in my life. And I didn't know anybody in my family who had made that amount of money. So I, you know, I owed the IRS and I had that thing. I was like, okay, there you go. Yeah, that white envelope you put to the side. We all know the white envelope. Yep. But as you learn and you go through those scenarios, you begin to learn. And there's so much more information. You mentioned it in the podcast, you know, uh, self-directed IRAs and, you know, you got the Roth IRAs and, you know, people don't know. Yep. That's the business. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, People don't know that you can do a self-directed 401k. Like there's so many things that, we don't know. And those are utilized as helping, you know, in tax shelters. So if you make 200 grand, you don't have to try to write off 180 <laughs> because you don't want right. to pay a bill. Um, because entrepreneurs things, are like the richest for a reason. Yep. Yep. And there, you know, tax laws are set up for us to succeed. And, uh, but I, but just to piggyback on what you said, I won't beat us up on the not, has setting our businesses up right because we were we we started behind the eight ball so um our opportunities were at birth we were uh, at birth we're behind the eight ball so having to run up and you know so i applaud anybody who starts a business or just have that desire um because it's a hard it it, it, it can be harder 
than uh, than most and you do sacrifice a lot when it comes and it may not be just money it's certain things like time relationships with people family so it, so from that sense i don't apologize for not knowing because if you don't know you don't know what you don't know but um i took ownership of it um because at the end of the day you know we, you probably did what i did who made all this money when you try to do your taxes where is that money at i don't have it what who said i made all this money and i got to pay these taxes because that's not what i have in my account and it's easy to say set some money aside but when you get bills you like set what money aside like that's just what it is and so um i just tell people don't beat yourself up just kind of tackle it and just come up with a plan and stick to it because you know the top what 10 20 percent but you know um but i'm i'm on the other side right now but it's another gusto have you heard of that Gusto, maybe it's gusto but it's a accounting it's easy it's it's um it runs your payroll from a small bit like you can do one person one independent contractor and it'll do all your forms and taxes and it's very economical so i've told several people about that, even though my accountant does mine but if i didn't i mean you can i think independent contracts maybe be like six dollars for each one you they have a setup fee but they'll be responsible for sending them their their w9 all of that so but gusto because people are like sarah oh my god thank you and they can set up to help you make sure you pay people on time at a cost that is for the small business owner and i'm meaning five or less like it does your payroll and stuff like that so i think that's a good tool so we have you know we've discussed you know the, the so many things right um if you had, and so it's all, it goes back to once we get to that paperwork phase, then yes. it kind of weeds us out. Yes. So we can get over that hurdle. What would be one or two things of advice you would have that person do so they don't give up too soon? I would have them speak to a small business consultant and I am not going to discourage them for paying for it, but you do not have to pay for it because the people that work in those offices, they will help you do it, do it for no cost. And there's a lot of grants because they're already getting paid to do it for you. And they're very capable of doing it. So they will talk about your business structure. And then part of it is they will ask questions of you to make you think, because I think people think you can just jump into a business and I want to be a millionaire overnight. I'm you know, I want to Instagram and that's the business. So they, they make you slow your process down and become very strategic and thoughtful and planned in your strategy. So it slows you down and it, it that to me will weed you out. So, but if you go to somebody and say, I can set your business up for you and you pay for everything and it just sits there and you've done nothing, it doesn't help you come up with a plan. Like you, you, you think about like, okay, what is my plan? And it helps you kind of like, oh yeah, I want to be this and I want to do all these things, but it helps you kind of hone in to something because then you can kind of, you know, from that you can strategize because once you start writing it down and you've got 15 ideas, that becomes down real quick when you having to start thinking about how you're going to make money. Like how is this idea going to make money to sustain yourself? And don't quit your day job because I was part-time as a realtor first. I meant to say that. Like it's okay to work your five to nine as an entrepreneur after your five, nine to five. So, but get your process in order and sit down with a professional to help you kind of sort your thoughts out. Yeah, it makes sense. Something I didn't ask you, I think is important, a good question, I would say, what does it cost to get certified? So in Chicago, 
they were charging $250 for five years, which is $50 a year. And they just, they just, they, they, I think they're going to no charge now. Um, one, the women's business certification, they do that. It's a sliding scale depending on business under a million dollars. I think it's $250 or $350 a year. Um, and then the other certification for the Minority Supplier Diversity Council is, um, so those are so the ones that charge now are pretty much private sector. So Women's Business Development Center, their certification helps you get into private sector work. The Chicago Minor- the Minority Supplier Diversity Council, it's, it's a lot of private sector work as well. So I think that one is $300 annually. Um, the SBA, no charge. State certification, no charge. This is, and I'm talking Illinois. So, um, and people may look at $350 or $300, like you divide that up, divide about 12, and you think of it as a membership. So, but I, I, I do stress this, work your certifications with the tools that they give you. So, it, so if you're not, if you don't have the bandwidth to work all these agencies, then don't do it, just focus on one. Like, let me just focus on this one. And then see if, you know, because you can get a certification and people are like, nothing happened. I'm like, that's because you have to work. And if you were out there going to the fairs, putting your name out there, really doing it, it may not be like, okay, well, that I may not renew because I did it. But you have to figure out in your business plan, what is the time frame you want to give your certification? Like, I have a time frame. If I don't do business with a certain certification, then I may like go. But fortunately, I have gotten business from all of them so far. And business may not be monetary, maybe a connection with somebody to help you do something or connect you with somebody else. Because a lot of it is just networking. So you just may pay that for the entry fee to be involved in their network. Got you. Sarah, this is awesome. For anyone who would like to get in contact with you, what's the best way to reach you? Email. um, My email is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at where Realty Group, whererealtygroup.com, or I am on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Tw- um, I have a TikTok, and it's where where Sarah L. W a r e s a r a h l. I always use my middle initial because you would not believe the number of Sarah Wares that are out there. But you can DM me on my social media. Where Realty Group is my business page on Facebook, um, but email all that. No, no phone calls. thank you for your time this has been the real estate problems podcast i'm your host kevin cheverson guest sarah Ware. have a great day thank you for listening and be sure to follow kevin on instagram at the people's lender we'll see you here next time on real estate proverbs with kevin jefferson